Hello and welcome to the Olympic Channel podcast. I'm Ed Knowles. We will have the very best interviews from the Olympic Channel. We want to take you beyond the snow and ice of Pyeongchang 2018 and we will. The big air. It was amazing, wasn't it? I went down there to watch in the crowd. Loads of different nationalities down there. Great atmosphere. Congrats to Sebastian Touton or Seb Toots. So great to be part of that history going down there. And can you believe Esther Ledecker of Czech Republic? She actually did it. She added another goal to her collection, meaning she becomes the first person ever to be an Olympic champion alpine skier and an Olympic champion snowboarder as well. So cool. I am also making a list of all the Korean food that I need to take back in my bag. Huge fan of bibimbap. Simple, cheap, awesome, spicy. So what's happening today? Norway have been incredible at Pyeongchang 2018, so this show is dedicated to them. What about that moustache? We speak to ski jumper Robert Johansson, the most decorated Winter Olympian ever. Marit Bjorgen shares some time with us. And we get an overview from Chef de Michon, Tore Ovrebo. Well, first, here's the best from the news page from olympicchannel.com. Meet the Danish wild man of skiing who hunts. Esther Ledecker creates Olympic history with a parallel giant slalom gold. And what does Sweden's curling skip keep in his fridge? For the answer to that and all the top Olympic stories, go to olympicchannel.com forward slash news or if you've downloaded the app, it'll be on the news bit. Tap on that and you'll get all those stories and many more. Now, Norway are having a storming Olympics. They've been winning and winning and winning and winning. The man in charge is Tore Avrabe. He's Norway's chef de mission. It didn't seem to be going to plan at first. He accidentally ordered 15,000 eggs for the team. But after that mishap, things have definitely been coming together. Olympic Channel News Editor Sven Bush went over to congratulate the team. I'm a very happy man, but I think there will be some athletes that are even more happy than me. But uh, we're having three objectives when we came here. It was to be happy, which we are. Uh, we want to be at least as good friends when we leave Pyeongchang as when we came here. I think that will happen. And we said we want to bring home 30 medals and we have achieved that goal. Everybody wants to know what's the secret be behind this in incredible Norwegian success here in Pyeongchang. It has not always been like that and it will probably not always be like that in the future. So we have to stay. We are happy now, but we know we have to work very hard to, to keep up in the future. But uh, there are some uh, things, like I said, we are very focused on values and being, uh, being friendly together and being happy and be here as a team. And we have been running a long um, process of, of to decide for the group what to achieve here in Pyeongchang. We have, we have been running this program for a couple of years and uh, all the sports are very committed to the common goal, even if they have their own goals and the athletes have their own dreams. So we have managed to, to make this into one, one goal that everybody's committed to, that's part of it. Then we travel as a group and we want each other to succeed. Then we, then we are working with the best athletes of Norway across the sports to learn from each other and we have a common competence base with sports scientists and, and uh, special coaches and, and uh, all kinds of support systems. And then you have 
uh, quite a few of these uh, sports are organized in very well-run national sports federation. So we are actually able to, to cooperate with strong national sports federation to, to lift the good ones to excellence. Uh, but if you go even further down to the system, I think uh, one, of the, um, one of the main successes is that we have, we have a special system for the kids that we do not do scores for the kids up till they are 13 years old and they can do scores. But they compete, of course, they know who's winning or losing, but then we change the team, so it, uh, next time it's some other winning and losing. So, so we want the kids to be in the, in the sport for themselves. We want them to, they are not like means for us at the other end for Olympic medal. That happens because it's a pressure in the system and energy in the system that comes from the kids and the parents and the clubs. So it's very important for us that, that we treat every kid with respect. And uh, the main question is, that we should ask it what's in it for the kids mm -hmm. so they feel uh, that they are learning something they feel uh, confident uh, and they're doing in a friendly atmosphere with their friends so the social part of it is very very important to keep them motivated and then we have all kind of positive consequences of that uh, of, of uh, people in Norway now at 25 years of age actually 93 percent of them has been into sports and that's a huge amount that is positive for the Toastbot program, but it also gave us a huge responsibility for treating them well. When nearly all of the kids are into sports, we should really be good for them. Thanks to Sven, and also congrats to Torre. Amazing performance by the whole Norway team. Coming up, not just a hairy face, Robert Johansson is just around the corner. But first, it's time to learn a little bit more about South Korea. We've had a couple of birthdays here in the office whilst we've been here. Mackenzie. Collins, that was a big one for sure. But how do we celebrate birthdays here in South Korea? Well, good job. We have Heiji Kim, resident Korean expert and Olympic Channel volunteer. <laughs> Heiji, what do you do on your birthday? So there's one thing that I always do on my birthday, which is to eat seaweed soup. <laughs> it's um, it's myokguk in Korean. And we would eat seaweed soup on my birthday plus the cake, um, because the mothers uh, would eat seaweed soup after giving a birth to me. Um, <laughs> and to kind of thank my mother, to memorize, no, no not to memorize, to kind of, um, yeah, just to celebrate. thank my, yeah, celebrate um, her, her birth. <laughs> uh, the daughter or the son needs to eat seaweed soup on that day. But if you eat seaweed soup on another day, for example, if you're going to an exam. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a superstition here with the seaweed soup too. So like a day before the exam or on that day, if you eat a seaweed soup, you're going to slip and fail the exam. Or like, yeah, you're just going to fail when you, if you eat that seaweed soup. So you've got to be careful. It's not just, or it's not plain sailing on your birthday. If you eat your seaweed soup on your birthday and you have your exam. Oh, that's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what sort of songs do you sing? So uh, we do have a song like Happy Birthday to You, but in Korean version, which is 생일 축하합니다. 생일 축하합니다. 합니다. Yeah. 생일 축하합니다. 생일 축하합니다. 사랑하는 느느느. 생일 축하합니다. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you're so excited. Brilliant. So are there any special birthdays that get celebrated here? 
Yeah. Um. So for we have something called Pegil Danti, which literally means a hundred day celebration for babies, because we used to have high infant mortality in Korea. We are like. Uh, celebrating their survival and so uh, that's a special day for the babies and normally on that day they would put like money pencil uh, like sporty stuff like football like soccer ball and stuff and then the baby would choose the and oh, then that so would kind of like for uh, like tell the future like oh he's gonna be smart if he picks a pencil and this boy is gonna be rich if he picks a money and yeah uh, what did yeah. you pick i picked pencil so is there anything special going on in uk With birthdays? Yep. Not really. We celebrate 21 and 16 like the rest of the world. But one thing that is different, mm-hmm. especially in England, is that if you manage to stay married uh-huh. with somebody uh-huh. for a really long time, yep. I think it's 60 years, uh-huh. then you get a letter from the Queen. <gasps> wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's super cool. <laughs> my... Nana has a has a has a little certificate mm-hmm. with the in the Queen in Manchester. She's oh, got a little. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing! Actually, we have another celebration happening on 60 when when someone turns 60 years old, which is Hwangap Janti. It means 60. Hwangap. Hwangap Janti. Janti. Yeah, 60 year celebration. So we have like seven years, 80 years, 90 years, hundred hundredth year, and I did a um, no, my great grandmother did a hundredth year celebration and then she passed away when she was 104 oh, wow yeah that is so <laughs> impressive. yeah and then my grandma grandfather would have his 90 years uh celebration a few years from now that is so, great well uh-huh. something to look forward to definitely mm-hmm. thank you very much ag so thanks to everyone who's been joining in with slider pose check out our instagram stories for a look at that some ridiculous dog pictures which i've been absolutely loving I will be putting up my picture very soon. So give us a mention on Olympic Channel on Instagram. Use the hashtag SliderPose. Come on, do it. Now, if you're looking for an all-time cross-country skiing legend, then look no further than Marit Bjorgen. She is the most decorated Winter Olympian of all time, meaning she has a lot of medals. At the time of recording, she's got 14 Olympic medals. That's pretty impressive by anyone's standard. She took her first medal home at Salt Lake City in 2002. And she'll have to find room in her bag for another gold that she won here in Pyeongchang. Olympic Channel reporter Alessandro Poggi went to find out if she's got anything more left to achieve. It has been a long career and uh, lots to be proud of. And uh, yeah, it was my first Olympic in 2002 and still be there and fighting for medals is incredible. So, of course... But I think when I'm finished, I can look behind me and see what I have done and really, uh, yeah, be, be proud, I think. <laughs> the Norway team is doing incredibly well in this Olympics. Uh, what's the reason behind this incredible success? Oh, it's, uh, of course, what's lying behind. It's hard work, but I think uh, we are inspiring each other. I think so, but I think in um, in Norway, cross-country is very big, and uh, we know that uh, it's still coming younger and younger uh, boys and girls up to, to be fighting and for to, to take their uh, medals and their dreams, and we can see it also in Krabu, who is uh, incredible, taking three gold medals in his age so it's incredible i think uh, yeah hard work and uh, inspired by uh, by others i think 
Thanks to Marit there and to Alessandro. Now, how about this for a nickname? The Flying Moustache. Robert Johansson's facial hair is really something to behold. But it's not just a gimmick to look like something from a time gone by. No, he's really something special. And he led his team to gold in the ski jump. We sent Alessandro Poggi to get to know the man behind the moustache. How, do, how does it feel to be one of the iconic faces of these games? feels a bit surreal, to be honest, that uh, the moustache and uh, my face has uh, gotten so much uh, recognition, but uh, uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, usually just nice uh, questions and uh, yeah, good attention. Do you, do you gain any popularity among fans? Do you gain more fans thanks to your moustache? Uh, I think so, yes. Uh, so yeah, it's a cool thing that uh, people uh, notice and uh, apparently they like it as well, so that's good. <laughs> you won three medals. Can you explain why? What What's behind the reason behind the success of Norway in these Olympic Games? Uh, Norway, in Norway we have a saying that you're born with uh, skis on your feet, so uh, Norway is uh, big in winter sports for sure uh, and it's for us as a nation it's uh, really important to do, do well. We also have uh, yeah, very many athletes uh, on a really high level and uh, Everybody works hard and wants to be the best and uh, yeah, with the good uh, training possibilities all through the winter and through the summer, this is uh, key to success for sure. I mean, you're a winter nation, okay, but you're doing particularly well in this Olympics. Do you think it's because it's like a golden generation, is because there is a team bonding in your team, for example? Uh, that's hard to say, but... Uh, Norway has done really well uh, earlier this season as well, so uh, it's a <laughs> nice, uh, nice token kind of of uh, fantastic season to top it off with the really good uh, Olympics here in Pyeongchang. Props to Alessandro and to Robert. Thank you for that. And that is it. Loving everyone who sent through their slider pose. That's really cool. Shout outs are in order for, for Paul from Liverpool. He sent a pic of him listening. That's good. Anyone else do that? Top marks. Also Spencer in London, who claims to be the number one fan of the podcast. Amazing. I also can't finish this episode without saying hi to my grandma. Hello. I don't want to cause any grandma nana wars. And some great interviews coming up in the next few pods. Please keep it locked because, honestly, they're really, really, really good and I'm looking forward to getting them out there. Anyway, until then.